boy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 70 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show, brought to you by nobody. We're not sponsored. We also have no guests this week. It's okay. We got one coming next week. Anyway, Shiv, how's life treating you? Life's good, man. Can't complain. Cannot complain. If anyone's wondering, I'm rocking these shades in memoriam of PFD commentator. He's not dead. He's doing great. But um, yeah, I just wanted to try the shades out. So we're trying them. It, PFT, the guy from uh, Barstool. Part of my take, yeah. Okay. This is his thing, so I'm stealing it. Do and you, I want to do make you that still clear. listen to that? No. Okay. <laughs> I've been long gone from those. Last time I probably listened to a part of my take episode was 2020. Okay. That, that I, I did for a little bit when I was doing the uh, DoorDash Uber Eats day. They, they did one. The last one, I think, I, the big one I think I listened to was they did one. It was... Eight hours after LSU, Joe Burrow won the national championship. Yeah. And they interviewed uh, the coach. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. But um, that was like, then they had Cuban on. I listened to that one. But yeah, it's been, it's been a while with those. I think their, yeah. their model podcasts just, I don't know. I just haven't really fit in with many of them. Uh, shout fair. out though, the, the red line one. The Chicago, Chicago one. one. Yeah. Um, Redline Radio. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. I um, I, I just don't think that their content's the type of stuff I'm looking for right yeah. now. It's very, like, lackadaisical, in a room with a bunch of guys, shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, it's a great podcast. Don't get me wrong. Like, their target market is loving what they do, but it's just not my style, not my vibe. What podcast have you been rocking with lately besides, you know, this one? What's the oh, Hormozis is really good. I still haven't given that a listen. Oh man. It's just, so it's mostly his videos, but they're like different lengths. Longer format, basically. A little bit. He they're, honestly, more. they're mostly they're at most they're twenty minutes. Oh really? So they're short? They're twenty, thirty minutes. A couple hour ones in there. That's somewhere ten minutes. That's that's crazy. That's probably about the time you would need to each one still one. has a theme. But you'll hear hear common uh, sound bites from videos of his. Uh, the Joe Rogan Peter Atia one is really good. Uh, that guy's crazy, man. He's like I I see a lot of similarities in uh, some of our like similar come ups. The guy's the he, he's a big time doctor basically mm. for like health and longevity essentially okay um but he's he details on the podcast how he deals with uh a person a perfection personality and i'm not saying that that that's mine but he would talk about a lot of the self-talk stuff that i also similarly went through and then the realization of of certain things to 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 change that and i i find it interesting that you like i don't know you i think feel like we feel like we're all unique but then if you meet enough people or search for enough uh, valuable content, I think in a way, you will find yourself in many people. I Got think. that. So his point is basically if you, it's kind of like an ego thing. So like, him and no, so him and Rogan, it's the opposite, the exact opposite. Okay. So it, it's more of self-defeating hmm. uh, in, in ways. So right? you, sh you should go out and meet more people who are a lot like you more to... No, 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 no. You're, that's not the point. Okay. No, the point is, is that you will, even though we all are all unique, you will see yourself in, in people that can give you value in the end, like the the people that can teach you things. Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, they're they're older, so they've been through similar experiences. They've been through a similar experience in their life at a similar time, mm -hmm. right? And they they detail how they they got over that. Okay. No, that makes sense. So finding value in people who will provide it to you within whatever you're interested in, basically. Uh, sure. What? In not? It, it, no, but there's just like, I don't know. There's no point. In, okay. I, I, said, I, said, I said what I said. All righty, all righty. Anyway, um, what other podcasts you've been listening to lately? It's really about it. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. Um, I've been listening to Diary of CEO a lot. I've talked about it on the last couple podcasts. I just think that guy has a great uh, articulation and type of style. Like he's just really good at what he does. Um, who else? Bigger Pockets always. I'm always going to shout them out. If you want to get in the real estate game, they're the, easily the best podcast to get into because they're very broad, very general, but they touch a lot of topics, touch a lot of um, areas in the United States and regions to invest in, um, and they get a ton of different personalities on. Shout out them. And then the last one, uh, Straight Up Chicago Investor Podcast. It is basically the same thing as Bigger Pockets, but for Chicago investors. So if you're in the city and you want a very specific podcast for things you're doing within Chicago, 100% recommend that one. Um, and hopefully we can get the guy who's the host on that podcast on this pod one day. Yeah, hop on, man. That'd be very nice. Tom Shellcross, if you're listening, I'm going to tell you to listen to this. Get on this podcast. We need you. Um, what do you think about this China thing, how they're, uh, they just made a deal with, who is it, to remove the U.S. as their currency? Oh, I heard some, heard some rumblings about this, oh, but fuck. Uh, I think it's... Uh, Realistically speaking, these were moves that were made uh, a long time ago. Um, that's that's the whole I think plan, in in a way, is to uh, the one of the big like the, the the U.S.'s biggest stronghold on everybody is that it is the reserve currency, right? And it it functions as a uh, bedrock, really, of of trade. And at the end of the day, so many countries have U.S. currency to the point where you know they could when they maneuver uh interest rates it it ha it has a impact on the whole worldwide economy not just within the US um because there's going to be a change in value between uh the US currency and the foreign currency uh in question got it it's brazil huh brazil brazil and china brazil brazil okay yeah yeah, yeah and brazil's a big trade partner of the united states you know so mm -hmm. i think in it, but at the end of the day, that's what China wants to do to get their currency in a spot where they have similar similar control. It's very true. There, I've heard a lot of rumblings recently. Well, not recently, but just in the past, I don't know, two decades that they've basically been trying to take over as the world's best economy. Mm. Um, and that was their I forgot what the plan was called, but that was their they had this plan that was to be like basically the world uh i don't know like dominators in a way like by 2025 that's interesting uh or something that realistically it was like they wanted to double or triple gdp or something uh by in within the next couple of years but this was a plan from i think when we were born that's wild and when we were born was xi jinping in charge or i don't know i don't know when he i don't know when he got in it's, uh, it's just interesting with communist leaders how like they just they can they basically have as long of a term as they want to. Well, yeah, that and dictators, I guess. Yeah, they <laughs> get crazy. they get as long as they want, or I mean, not as not that they want as long as they can maintain control. Yeah, part of that is like having control of the rest of the political landscape around you, mm -hmm. because you know it. There's always been in history dictators and single leaders, right? But what ends up happening is if you look through the countless number of of dictators or kings or uh, you know monarchies of the sort, is they they get killed in some way, you know. So it it, it nowadays, you know, especially in like some of those countries, that's still a possibility, and it 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 is a big like political war between those two things. So even though they're not, they're not voted out, you know, they, it would take a lot more to get them out of office or power. It political insurrection, you know what I mean? It something big would yeah. have to cause that. But at the end of the day, they're fighting for their lives every day. Yeah. Still, you know, how many people do you think in these communist countries, do you think that these leaders really do have the backing they claim they do? Like, if you were to go to China and you already asked the average Chinese person if they agree with or disagree with Xi Jinping's policies, do you think they would? 
I think they'd yes. all agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Okay, so you think they back him 100%. Yeah. There's no, like, secret groups there that, like, would love to get him out of office, anything like that. I mean, I bet there are. But, yeah, I mean, I bet there are. But good luck. I <laughs> That's not going to happen. So yeah. I don't know. You know, it, same thing in probably Russia, same thing in I don't, wherever there's, you know, that type of control. I would say besides besides in the Middle East where it's pretty, like, that's set in stone. mm you know that that's that's not going to change either. But um, I think those they there are there are groups, yeah. But they just get found. That's the the whole like it, over there. You can't really if you do even try, it, it gets blocked because they block. You know they Google, I think Google's blocked or not Google, but uh, YouTube's blocked in mm. in mainland. So. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to do that when they control the media. That's very true. I wonder how the people of North Korea feel. I, <laughs> I we that's the thing we don't know. Yeah, because they don't they block all their stuff out. Mm. So, but some of the like stories of the refugees that have somehow made it out of there is incredible. Mm. You know, so I think from from one of the people that escaped and like talked on a podcast they were saying that you know it, it's pretty brainwashed over there so it, it's um it's a funny story about north korea in the 2010 world cup mm. so north korea was in the world cup and uh they basically hired they hired uh other asian fans that were there to wear their colors <laughs> and to wave their flags um and they got destroyed by portugal like nine to zero and the players were like crying and you know oh, and, and reasonably speaking in any world cup game if you lose nine zero i kind of hope you start crying because that's pretty embarrassing right yeah. but at the end of the day they weren't expected to do anything they just got destroyed <laughs> and 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 i i i look back on it and i'm like i wonder if they were crying because they were just sad that they lost the game or that something like way worse was going to happen when they get back home. Yeah. You know, that's what or I did, would think. Did they cut the broadcast of the game? You know, because they'll just do that. Yeah. Um, they probably made up some lie that they won somehow. Have you have you seen I've, that? Oh, thing? I've seen that thing. <laughs> that uh, that uh, Kim Jong Un like invented the hamburger. He, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He won a. He's one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah. Like undefeated. Yeah. It's incredible the stuff they can do when you just have the media's complete and total I control. I mean, it, it. Yeah, they can kind of just say <laughs> what they. But it's not even the media, right? It's like they don't allow anything from the outside. In. No. And then when they do, like Dennis Rodman. Right, Dennis Rodman's been over there. Shout out, Dennis. Dennis Rodman's been over there, and he's had. He loves it. He, he <laughs> yeah, I bet. I don't know. He loves it, dude. He have you heard him talk about it? Yeah, he act. He, I think he treats uh, Kim Jong Un as his buddy. He swears by the guy, you know. And I bet Kim Jong Un like he because he loves Michael Jordan, right? Uh -huh. I, or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he. I think he does. Uh, but that's he. I think he tried to like. He did the same thing to every player on the Bulls. Like basically, like they, I think the government like approached him or something. It was like, hey, come over here. And Dennis Rodman was the only was the one, one yeah. to go. Um, but you know, honestly, what what else would you expect, Dennis Rodman? That's exactly what you'd expect of Dennis Rodman. Completely expect that. After watching the Last Dance documentary, I gained a lot of respect for that guy, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because as crazy as he was on the outside, when it was time to work, he came to work. I think I think it was when he like he truly believed in something because he really didn't. Mm -hmm. I think he thought it was all uh, like it was all a bunch of a bull basically. Mm. And and I think w when he finally like got in with with Jordan and Jordan didn't just disregard him. I feel like that's what a lot of people did was just disregard him. Yeah. And um which is crazy too because it was the it's probably like the one time Jordan wasn't necessarily acting like Michael Jordan. Like, I feel like, you know, with that, what's his name? Scotty Burrell? Yeah. You know what I mean? But if Dennis Rodman had the skill of Scotty Burrell, Michael, that wouldn't fly under Michael Jordan's regime. Yeah. You know, he needed him. He needed him. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't, he couldn't like be the normal MJ punch you in your face at practice type guy. Yeah, that's a good point. He did kind of have to step back from his usual, like, I don't to, know, it's stern self. 
it'd be like, all right, I'll let Dennis do what he's got to do. Because yeah. I know it's going to benefit the team. The, yeah, he's like, it's going to win me a championship. Yeah. yeah. Okay, man, that's yeah. cool. That, that's a very underrated part of Jordan. I don't think people talk about it. It's the enough. same thing with Kobe. Uh. The exact same thing. Because it, it was, and, but the thing is, Kobe had to grow into it because of Shaq was already there. Mm. You know what I mean? Jordan was kind of there when it was the cocaine circus, right? That's what they called it. Yeah. Uh, like, so he, it was really Jordan was there first, but the other parallel is Kobe had to grow into that role. Yeah. Super true. Did you see the one-on-one sit down between Kobe and Shaq? Yep. That's such a good hit, 45 minutes. Hit like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Because you, oh, you could tell both the guys were the best at their position at the time. They were the two probably best players in the NBA at the time, but they were completely opposite off the court. And they were both over it. Yep. They were both over it because they weren't over it for a long time. No. And the fact that Shaq got the leg up is knowing Kobe Bryant. The fact that Shaq got the leg up, and then that was a couple years too he had the leg up. I think it was, oh, it was maybe only two. Right? When did the Lakers win their uh, first one in the new regime? Oh nine. So it was, th- it was three years. Because mm-hmm. the Heat won in 06. Yep. Um, that was my first, like, finals I watched. Really? You remember that one? Yeah. Bro, I don't remember. The first finals I remember is the Kobe one in 08 when they lost to the Celtics. And that okay. Killed, that killed me. But um, yeah. that, and that's crazy you remember. That you, one. You remember a lot more games at an earlier age than I do. That's all. So that's all I did. Uh, no, like for, for context. So th- in order for me to, when I was like early, because of, uh, I, I couldn't do well on reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. So they were like, you know, you have to, you know, get your reading comprehension up to par. And so I said, well, I found these sports books. It was a collection of sports books. So I just, it was going through different sports. And the one I read that got me like, above level by the end of the year was a Walt, the Walter Payton one when he broke his leg mm. a couple seasons before they won the Super Bowl for the for the Bears in 85 and that's when I that's the first time I like knew I just loved sports it was because I couldn't want to bring myself to read anything school related at that young of an age even but then I read that and I was like yes yeah. You know, did you read a lot of Mike Lupica books back in the day? Oh, you know, you know what was one I used to read? Yeah, Captain Underpants. <laughs> Captain it's Underpants, goaded, goaded series. It's an incredible book. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Did you read those? I have, I, I have the first seven books signed by him <laughs> no in shit. my house back home by the uh, art by the author. Yeah, so he came. No way. He came to, um, he came to Meadow Glen's Elementary School. That's where I went. Uh, to do a book signing. <laughs> That's crazy. And then a buddy of mine was like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to get a set. You want a set? And I was like, sure. And it was $20. That's how much it was. $20. And I remember I had $20 in my pocket. Mm. It was like third, fourth grade. And it was like all I had. And I, had a, I remember having like a moment with myself. I'm like, all right. Like, I think I'm going to need to start like making money because this is the only $20 I have. But little, but when you're in like fourth grade, $20 is like, it's insane. It's insane. You can buy anything you and want. And then I started selling silly bands and then, then <laughs> things. That's when the business took off. Business took off. And the villain arc was created. <laughs> <laughs> the sleazy salesman. <laughs> Listen, man, silly bands could do a lot for you. This man. Statue of Liberty is so rare. All right. I only have, it's a one of one. One of one of them. That's awesome. You know, we had so many phases growing up. Like, we had the Silly Bands phase. We had the, um, what, what was it called? I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, like Yu-Gi-Oh? No, no. Like, li- lows, basically, like, little, you know what I'm talking about? I can't get it out. I don't know. There was people, I think, right after Silly Bands, uh, Beanie Babies popped off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they, did they go public? I'm trying to think if they did. <laughs> I don't. crazy. Yeah, they, but they did. Gary V has a thing about collecting those. But then, what was after that? There was a quite fidget spinners. But, no, no, like sixth grade. Okay. So we're we're exiting elementary school. Yeah. What was the thing in sixth grade? D Rose. 
Yeah, pretty That's much. all I like. I MVP year. D Rose. Yeah. Was, that was it. Um, what was what was later in middle school? For context, we're both ninety nine babies and graduated yeah. high school in twenty seventeen. Mm. So backtrack from there. Man, this is tough. 2012, 2013. I'm trying to take it back to the things that I was doing back then. And usually, I mean, you hit it on the head. It was just sports at the time. Sports. That's all I cared about in seventh and eighth grade. Like truly cared about. Yeah. That's about it, man. That and then I was playing a lot of Call of Duty at that time. Modern I, Warfare 2. I wasn't I wasn't allowed. <laughs> I wasn't allowed either, but uh <laughs> we You found a way. Yeah, we found a way. We found a way. Um yeah, that, that, yeah, it was a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it was, uh, in terms of like, in terms of, I don't know, it's when, it's when I got into rap music too. So I got really deep into, into music. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it was basically a cycle in my head of different sports I just obsessed about by season. And it wouldn't even be that it would be in the season when the sport would play. Yeah. Like I would think about baseball in December and football in June. And it, it was just everything. It was yeah. just everything. It was, and it was also the best too. When, if you had like group of friends and you just, you just played everything. Yeah. You played everything. A hundred percent back. The, dude, at that time too, first take was popping off. I remember watching that all the time. In the morning. I remember that, 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 yeah. Like, first take in Sports Center was always on my TV. That first take era is the best era. For sure. Kwame Brown. <laughs> Kwame Brown. He's a scrub. He can't play. Man. Good fucking times, skip, man. Skip hating on LeBron and, and, and getting away with it for... He got away with it for a while. For a decade. It, it, the, the 2011 uh, finals mm-hmm. was... It was just funny because Cuban goes on, I think maybe six months later. He torches him. And Cuban asks him, like, why do you, why do you think that we we won? Like, give me your analysis. And Skip's just talking out of no, his ass, fancy. right? And Cuban basically goes into this detailed explanation about how when they were watching film that statistically – uh, LeBron James was way, way weaker when he was going to one particular side when they would bring the ball up the court. And if they were able to isolate him enough on one side by positioning Dirk in a certain way and moving players around Marion and such, that that they could force him over there, it would, like, his numbers are clearly lower. And then they, obviously, Jason Terry played like God. Yeah. I, you know, that, that part is just, you kind of need that. But... Mm-hmm. It was a very detailed explanation, like a very, you know, tactful game plan that got executed well. Yeah. You know, and and Skip's just floored. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was because LeBron James is just the most unclutch player of all time. That's why I thought it was. Dude, Skip Bayless, though, whatever he's done has worked because of where he's at. Yeah. But I just don't know how it's worked for so long, man. Like, I... I have uh, I've watched some of his clips occasionally. They'll pop up on my YouTube, and I'll put it on for maybe like five minutes, man, and nothing's changed. Flex. It's the same thing, Flex. Though. It's crazy to me, though. It's like, bro, have you... I know we don't. We don't at all. Mm-hmm. But watch, watch the news. <laughs> just no, seriously, seriously. Just do it, and it, that, it'll make more sense. All right. Because what they're supposed to do is, like, what Skip Bayless is supposed to do is opinionated. Mm. Fundamentally opinionated. And it's like, what the people on the news do is almost similar in a way, in a way, than what Skip Bayless does. Mm. And it's like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) It's the only way that, that that's the way TV worked. It's funny, too. If you look at, you ever wonder why? Like shows when back when it was black and white, mm. like why you know, like why the show was like what why people would find that entertaining, mm-hmm. you know? You, you ever think about that if you've ever seen like a really old TV show? Like how did people find this? Because you don't find it entertaining, right? Right. But it, it's just that for the time it was the most creative like thing, thing. out there. And then TV is outdated. Yeah. Because we'd rather get sports news from a tweet. 
Mm-hmm. How do you get sports? Twitter, right? Twitter all the time. ESPN alerts. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get those too. Yeah. Um, but really Twitter is kind of the brunt. You get Bleacher Report? No, no. One thing, a funny thing I'll say about Bleacher Report. I've had Bleacher Report since I was like a kid, but I never, ever used the site. They just give me notifications that I read. Like yeah. I keep the app because I, of the notifications, but I never go in that. That's fair. Bleacher Report was really good. I mean, I'm sure they're still good. It's just I haven't tuned in in a uh, while. I, their app is awful. It's bad. Awful. I used to love their like uh, rumor mill. Like I would go there to find my trade rumors back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, like 2013, 2014, when I was uh, checking in all the time get, with the get Lakers. Get some topics for the lunch like, table. Ramon Sessions is, you know, rumored to be traded to the Lakers in a week. Yeah, th- those were the days that I was uh, screaming through Bleacher Report all the time. But yeah, dude, no, I mean, it is wild how the news works. My parents still, to this day, Mine too. turn the 5 o'clock news on. And that's like their show. They watch it. They ingest whatever the hell is on there but dude none of it's ever good like you wonder why that generation is so much more like i don't know concerned all the time and very like timid and i don't know there's just a lot of similarities that i find between them and the shit that they listen to because it's so depressing (laughs) it's awful it's 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 the the good stuff never gets like views no they want to hear about the 20 murders over the weekend out here Mm mm-hmm and it's it, it's it's a shame because of how Chicago and other cities like Chicago in terms of the crime level are are regarded in by by other people in in especially foreign countries um it, and it it you know why does it matter right and it, it's one of those things where it it's always beneficial i feel to have a good reputation for just the just the economy, right? If people are known to be welcoming and are it's a generally a safe place. Like for instance, Dubai has a reputation of Dubai has a reputation of being one of the safest places on earth. You know, I have a family member there who literally says he leaves his house unlocked when he goes away out of the country. You know, that's a repu- that's a good reputation to have. And yeah. when people hear, oh, you live in Chicago, it's when you live out here, they're like, oh, that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. When you hear from a foreigner, they're like, oh, my God, isn't that dangerous? And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's very unfortunate how like, Chicago is portrayed in the media, man. It really sucks. Um, I remember my dad was telling me when he went to London, they went to this breakfast place and obviously they had the accent. So the server there was like, oh, where are you from? He goes, Chicago. And he goes, oh, I've heard bad things about that place. Like, is it like, are you safe there? And he and my dad responded, don't believe everything Donald Trump says. That's what he told him. And the guy laughed. But it, it when it's worldwide like that, like when you go across the seas and you tell someone you're from Chicago and that's their reaction to it. It's it's just kind of one of those things where you're like you clearly haven't done your research on, you know, the topic. or Well, and at. but th- that's the thing, though, is, you know, we're not going to. We're not necessarily going to do that deep of research on some of the places we visit. American, to be fair, I'm, I'm like the perception that around the world is is Americans are very ignorant to how things are. Mm. And the thing I want to point out is is that's not because they want to be. It, it's because it's not outlined. Yeah, it's not shown. You know, I have BBC News on my phone, so I can get world news. Mm. And that's the other thing, you know, when you watch the news is you notice it, there, there's no world news. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a in every other country, it's OK, local news. And then there's world news. And OK, to be fair. We are the topic of conversation. Right. Yeah. When I was over there, I was over in England in 2019 and in 2017 and this past year. Mm hmm. Every time, even this last winter, Trump's not president for a while, right? Still on the news every day. Yeah, that's wild. You've told me this, and my parents do watch BBC as well, and they do a good job of, like, switching it up. But you're right, dude. They talk about the U.S. a lot on BBC. Like, it comes up, and that's a British station, right? British podcast now. Okay. Uh, 
center. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That would that makes sense. But yeah, it's it is interesting, man, how you know, we're still number one in a lot of ways. Um Yeah. Yeah. I mean, culturally speaking, mm-hmm. the and, and what I what do I mean by culture? I mean by the outreach of our of our media. Yeah. Right? Not not anything else. Just mm-hmm. the outreach of our media, right? Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Doritos and like these these are, are like uh, American-based food, American-based TV shows, mm-hmm. American-based movies, American-based sports teams are well regarded ar- around the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, everything else not so much, but I think I and that's and that's the other uh you know, I don't know if it ever surprised you that that stat of half of Americans or something like that don't have a passport. No, it doesn't surprise me. It surprises you. Well, no, it it surprises me that 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 is not not in the sense that us knowing what we know does that surprise <laughs> us? No, yeah. but that that is that is the way that it is. That's yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the standard basically. Like what to be? Yeah, I get it. But I I mean you've met plenty of families and so have I who their one trip every year is to Florida. Yeah. Like like you know plenty yep. of these families, right? And like plenty. That, and that's like their that's their adventure, that's their thing that they do. They go to Disney every year and cool, that's fine. But I just think there's so many more benefits of traveling across the world. And I think unfortunately it's not professed enough at a young age to a lot of Americans because they're raised on this is the best place to be. This is where everything happens. You need to stay here. But in reality, in a lot of ways it is. But in reality, you want to venture. You want to see the world to actually get a sense of that for yourself. Right? So. 100%. It, it, it is interesting to me, though, man. Because a lot of my life, I always met people who only went one place. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have parents who wanted to take me to different parts of the world. Um, and different cities and different states and, you know, the United States. So I got a lot of that exposure. But yeah, whenever I heard someone was just like, go with the Florida vacation or we go to South Carolina every year, it's like, cool. Yeah. Nice, but cool. you should get out there more. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is if you want to travel cheap, Europe is one of the best places to do that. You know, you can backpack and mm-hmm. and you can be in hostels and, and you know, if you're, if you're, if, if you want to travel around the world you can do Europe fairly cheaply. You just have to utilize the the trains and it's like how you would do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in with the locals. Yep. You know, and that, that I do have some longer trips uh, planned out for, for the future. Future. One of which is Kilimanjaro. That's nuts. That'd be awesome. Um, I how, feel like how soon in the future? Next five years. Okay. Fair. Very that's a long trip long trip but it's all, i love your timeline i think that's yeah you're giving yourself enough time to save up this before 28 yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good trip you know um india which i think i'm going to cross off next year mm-hmm. uh far east which is really not that hard out of the possibility it's uh, just a game of racking up them points. Far East, you're talking like Boston. Oh, or... no, no, no. Sorry. I mean, um, like Hong Kong and, oh, and Vietnam and, <laughs> okay. and the Philippines. Got it. And, got it, got it, got it. And all of those countries. I'm yeah. fascinated with, you know, each, the East South Korea. Like, I'm, mm. I, Japan, obviously Japan, because of how beautiful it looks and, yeah. and everything like that, it, it there's so much there from the people I've known that are, are from there and 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 that live there. It sounds like a beautiful place to go travel around, mm-hmm. and that would be that would be something cool. So those those are my like t- targets, and I would say like I definitely want to hit each of those within the next ten. Yeah, Kilimanjaro is the next five because in my mind I I just see myself doing that type of climb in my twenties, mm-hmm. and looking back on that it, and the other part is is as you get older your capacity to travel is a lot you know, less yep yeah. 100% travel now or well and then later. and then then it gets to a point where your capacity to travel is all the time mm-hmm. 
Very true. But I think you and I both agree that we would rather do it now as opposed to 60, 70 when we don't have the same energy or capacity 100%. to do all the stuff we want to 100%. do. 100%. Um, 60, 70 is reserved for the cool museums. <laughs> the Louvre. We'll go to France. Oh, I've, I've been there. Beautiful. The Louvre? Yeah. Man. Lovely. I uh, I got really lucky when I went to Paris because there was a group of second grade students and I kind of blended in with them at the time. Um, and so they were giving them a closer showing of the Mona Lisa. So you know how there's like a... Oh, big, wait, you're way back. Yeah, yeah. It, way back. They, there was a group of students and they like brought me in with them this like little French class and I got to see the Mona Lisa pretty close. I was going to say, was it an American group of students? That'd be, that'd be <laughs> no, kind of cool. No, no, they were all French. Yeah. They're all French. I think the, uh, one of the security people like pulled me aside and did was like, you, Hey, did you ever think about doing the study abroad thing? Um, you know what? No, not because I didn't think it was a good experience, but because my mom had tried pushing it on me. Oh, and, really? And because she tried pushing it on me at the time, I just wanted to reject anything. And, and tag, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how we were. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she really wanted it for me. Like, she was like, I think you should do it. Like, really want you. And the second she said, I think you should, it was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And I, reg not, I don't regret anything, um, but it would have been nice to do it. Um, but I, <laughs> I have a buddy named Reese. Shout out, Reese. He studied abroad in Amsterdam, and he just called it party abroad. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wish I did it. Yeah. I wish I did it. I think I've just made some excuse that it just didn't, didn't fit, but, um, it, I wish I did do it because that's exactly what I've heard from everybody who said, <laughs> oh, I did a study abroad in Spain and I did a, and it's funny because, you know, I would have done a business study abroad. It's not that, you know, I, I, you know, the students that, uh, did Spanish for four years in, in high school or they, they're in an advanced college class, they go to Spain. Right. French go to France. Right. No, yeah. I'm doing business school in Spain and <laughs> knowing sick. what I know now, which is still not like anything close to to, you know, uh, like a director of some sort. But it, it even when you're 19, you don't know much about business. No. Right. So uh, you knowing stuff about Spanish business, like you just go over there and, and you have a good time. Have a great time. Yeah. We need to do a boys trip overseas. That would be a very fun trip. I'm it I'm in and you know that <laughs> because of the ease of access I have to it. It's really about what do you guys want to do? <laughs> and I'm going to help facilitate that because obviously I would know, all right, you want to hit you want to hit Spain. We got we should do it. We should do it like this mm -hmm. or you know, we'll travel this way because we can travel together. If you wanted to hit the, the Swiss Alps, like the thing is, is skiing in Colorado is, I bet is amazing. I've never done it. I've never done it, but you know, people go there, thousands of people, millions of people go there every year to go skiing. From what I've heard, skiing the Swiss Alps is once in a lifetime type stuff that people do all the time because it's like an hour and a half flight away and it's really easy. And the, uh, well, you know, now they only have one big bank over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. Um, no, dude, I I also have heard that too, and I definitely think. Have you skied before? Uh, I have skied once, not anything crazy, not anything crazy hills, but I've skied once, and I, you know, there wasn't many obstacles, so I wouldn't call it real skiing, mm -hmm. but. Um, it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. But okay. then to it got to a point where uh, I started getting semi-comfortable, but then I, I was only for a couple hours. Okay. How old were you when you did this? Uh, like 15. Okay. Fair. I have skied twice and I felt like it was one of the easier things to pick up. Really? I swear. Yeah. So my, my, especially at that age too, I had a really bad, like imbalance, like literally like I couldn't balance mm -hmm. it with that. It was extremely poor. But I think now that's the thing. I'm very open-minded about it because yeah. the next time I go skiing, I think you know, uh, from what I've from what I've heard, it's an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So I, I really think you'd be fine now. Yeah, I think you'd pick it up so easily, man. Really, I I went one time when I was eight years old on a ski trip. I probably took me thirty minutes to like start really going, and then by the time this was in Alpine Valley in Wisconsin, by the time we were like an hour and a half in, I was already going off the Black Hills, which are like the bigger ones they're really a lot steeper they have like ramps i was going off ramps um that's sick yeah and then so i didn't ski for probably 12 years after that okay 
went skiing when I turned 21 with a group of buddies at the same place in Alpine and the same exact thing happened. Took me like 30 minutes to get my bearings, got my bearings. And then I started going down the black Hills. That's cool. Off the ramps and shit. That's but pretty cool. It's, it's a, I love it. I did lose my ski a couple times. Yeah. And someone had to like stop and help me put it back on, which is brutal when you're on a fucking slanted hill and you're like just laying there with a ton of people going by you. But it's, it's a pretty, I would say it's a pretty easy, uh, people might hate on me for that, but I honestly, I think it's pretty easy to pick up. Really? Snowboarding's a lot harder from whatever. Yeah. And obviously we're not talking about the people who ski for competition. No, no, no. I'm not fucking. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not, we're not going down. We're not doing, you know, like what you would think, ski, you know, when you're skiing a hard obstacle, where you're going through a bunch of trees, like it, I, I understand what you're saying. No, from from the basic level, mm. you're saying it's easy to pick up. Yes. So that I think, yeah, and that's the thing. That I definitely think I'm very open minded. The next time I try it, I'm just gonna go pretty hard for two hours, <laughs> and hopefully, I'm doing exactly that. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what you you wanted to try any sports um, that I haven't tried yet. No, I mean boxing. I've always wanted to get into that. At some point, I will. Once yeah. I'm done on like my fitness journey and once I don't like care about necessarily aesthetic or like the goals I'm trying to hit in my weight, mm -hmm. I think that is when I'll like call it a day and go full force in the boxing gym and just not even, not even to become an amateur, but just to get in boxing shape. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. Spar a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, the workouts. I, I, I understand where you're coming from it's i'm not trying to fight anybody either but i it's extremely fun to learn boxing technique and it's fun to 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 spar especially with people who are just going to teach you you know so you're going to get hit right but it's in no way you're it, it you know i'm not trying to be a fighter yeah i'm using boxing because i enjoy the sport mm -hmm. the art of it and not the part where you know you're getting knocked you muhammad out. ali yourself yeah i agree um, I mentioned this to you off pod, but I was watching some guys Brazilian jiu-jitsu train mm -hmm. and watching them train made me want to get into it just because you can just tell it requires discipline, it requires strength, and it requires a lot of willpower. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, I think the the interesting thing with Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a lot of, it tailors very well with wrestling mm. but even if you don't one of the uh people i work with they they have their kids in jujitsu at like three damn three four five years old probably good though it, and but because of the because like you said the discipline the discipline it teaches it it from a young age you know to build that we've built discipline over time there was a point in time where we were very undisciplined you know, and to learn, we had to learn discipline mm -hmm. at a certain point, right? If you learn that at such a young age, think about, you know, in all of the times where being that disciplined would help you in your adolescence versus other kids who aren't, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I, that's something I would put my kids in at a very young age, too. Yeah, I, probably a good idea. And, but even if it's not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's a sport that requires that. Team, team sports in in capacities too because BJJ is a team you, you might think it's not right you're just you're just in that same thing with wrestling and 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 those other things and I can speak more on the wrestling side because I don't really do jiu-jitsu but you know if you are as good as your training partner you know and it's it's crazy how that that works because it's just you on the mat right but in a way in a way you are the product of your your training partners and how hard they push you and your coaches you know, so it is, it is, it is a team sport that also teaches extreme discipline. Yeah, no, that's so true. I was, I saw a video on Twitter the other day of a 13 year old girl who had been training Brazilian jujitsu and she took out the school bully in front of all of her classmates that's awesome. with like some of the techniques that she used. Um, and then the cat, the caption on it was basically like, this is why you should train your kids for Brazilian jujitsu, self-defense all this type of stuff. But it was super cool to see. Oh, like she she took out this girl who was probably twice her size. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah. Um that's pretty cool. For sure, bro. Uh what are what time are we at? 45. 45? You want to rap or we I think um, I got some juice left. I don't know. If you Yeah. Keep it riding. Um We got into skiing. You were planning on doing a big hike, correct? 
Well, we'll see if that happens now. Okay. But is that something you're interested in? Uh, you know what's funny is, it's not that it's like a goal of mine at all. It's just a challenge from buddies, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's some doubts, and I know nothing about hiking at all. I'm gonna hike Kilimanjaro, so I'll learn. Yeah. But as of right now, I know nothing about hiking or the requirements of a what i don't know what is it called a 14k whatever it's called whatever i'm gonna hopefully do in a month or two um you know i try and stay in pretty good shape so we'll see what happens yeah um and and you know what i'm genuinely doing this to myself yeah i just want to see i don't i ha i don't feel like physically i have tested myself at a point where there's that fear and like that happened when I was, you know, when you had training pretty hard, not the fear that you're like going to die or anything, but like you're, you're, you're pushing yourself really hard. Yeah. Really hard. And you can, and you know, you are mm. right. I haven't felt that I've done that. And hopefully this brings the something out of, out of life into me because you have to, because <laughs> you're seven miles up a mountain. You start doing Ironmans after this. No, thanks. You start swimming I'm three okay. miles, running 10 miles. No, oh, man. Have you heard there was this runner on the Joe Rogan podcast, a female, and I can't remember her name, but she ran like I think 100-something miles in, I don't know, it had to be like a, a month. It okay. Was, it, was, it was a ridiculous number. No, I mean, that's not. But she like she explains basically like how her body started to basically like fail on her like in the middle of the race and basically she explains how she had this thing happen where she was running so long and she hadn't eaten in so long that her she lost her eyesight mid race i think i think it had to have been like a week not a month yeah probably yeah, yeah. but still I that's crazy she she lost eyesight but she kept running she kept running cuz she wanted to finish um, but basically she said like she couldn't see anything in front of her. So the only thing she could see was uh, her downward vision. And so she was just looking at her feet the entire time the rest of the race. But basically like her entire body was just trying to give out on her completely. And like mentally she's just so tough that she finished it. But like a lot of people would have folded at that time. Like imagine you just going blind and you can't. I, I personally would freak out. I'd be like, what the fuck? No. Like now I can't see and I got to run another 50 miles. Are you kidding me? Wait, so this happened 50 miles in? This happened very late in the race. Yes. Okay. okay. Very late in the race. Okay. And she had a decent amount of time left. And she ended up finishing the race, basically losing her sight. And it's, she said, she told Rogan that it took about like 24 hours for it to fully come back. Yeah. But I think David Goggins is like whole muscle was ripped off the bone uh, and he, he literally taped it like he took metal and like taped it and then ran another 20 miles. That guy's nuts, man. He's insane. I would love to like do a workout with him because he would really push me to like level. I don't know if I'd love to. I, I think he would just make you go until you just it would be Navy SEAL style. Yeah, I I think I I would like that. Really? I swear, yeah. Just to see, like, where I can actually go. How far can I push myself before right. I break? Right. I want to find my breaking point. Just like you mentioned, I don't feel like I've done anything physical and mental that I've said, like, wow, I can't go anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, he would definitely get me there. Yeah. He'd get both of us there. Yeah. And it would be, like, it'd be so fast. Mm-hmm. His his stuff's crazy. Like the thousand, he did he did a thousand pull ups in a day. Yep, he broke the Guinness work uh Guinness Book of World Record record. Dude, I do three sets of ten to twelve. <laughs> All right, and we're we're struggling on the last yeah. set. That's crazy. Have you seen the video of him doing it? Uh, no. It is insane. He's so he takes breaks. He right. Do he does take breaks, but basically, like he just yells at himself. Like, he's just, like, the video is just him, like, screaming at himself, like, let's go, like, getting all into it, hyping himself up. He gets back on the bar, does another 50 to 100. His arms gives out. He gets back down, takes a sip of water, walks around. He does 50 to 100 each. Dude, I'm, yeah, he's, it was ridiculous. Like, he doesn't stop. Man. And you could see, like, there's 
blood coming out of his hands because he's just it, no pain. Like his pain threshold is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's that stuff's crazy. And you know, he failed SEAL training like twice, I think. Yeah, which, so he had to go through that thing three times. Yeah. And that also leads me to believe that anyone can get to that level if they really wanted to. I mean, he proved it because of look at how the guy looked. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. But I, I just, I can't believe that he went from, like, it, he failed a bunch of times, too. And he still did it. And when he did it, I think he had a torn ACL or something. When he actually ended up passing. Because you knew if you fail, I think if you fail it three times, you're done. You can't even try anymore. Damn. Something like that. And, um, yeah, when you're, the part that gets me about that is when you're stuck underwater in 30 degree water. For a long period of time. For like a few hours. Yeah. And then you have to go run like 15 miles with uphill with stuff on your back with no socks, like barefoot. It's crazy, but bro, I, <laughs> that is nuts. I saw a video the other day of Navy SEAL training, and the drill instructor was yelling at this guy to quit. Have you seen that video? Uh, no. It's it's gotten pretty popular on TikTok, but this drill instructor is telling this one guy on the team that he's slowing everybody else down and that he's forcing him to quit. And if you watch the video, basically what happens is there's some back and forth. The guy's like, I don't want to quit. He's like, no, you need to. You're bringing everyone around you down. You need to quit. Like, ring this bell three times and then leave. So the guy eventually gets out from where he's standing in line. By the way, everyone in the platoon or whatever is standing there, like, watching this happen. He goes up to the bell. He's like, just so we understand, you're making me quit. The drill instructor says, yes, I'm making you quit. And the guy rings the bell five times. The drill instructor says exactly as I expected because he didn't ring it the amount of times that he told him to, and the guy leaves. But then when you read the comment section, the comment section, there's a bunch of Navy SEALs in the comment section saying, like, the guy should have never rang the bell. Like, just because he was telling him to ring the bell, you should Doesn't mean to ring the bell. Yeah. It was a test. It was a te- another test, and the guy failed it. And so even though the guy, the drill instructor, and the other drill instructor were telling this guy to quit... He still should have stood in line and so he true. so it that counted as him quitting though. Yeah, it counted as him quitting. He okay. lost. like he got sent home. Wow. But basically, like they berated him until yeah, he yeah, felt yeah. like he couldn't do it, and then yeah. he rang the bell. And that's basically the whole point, right? Like they want to make you feel like you're nothing, you can't do it. Yeah. Because that'll break you. They well, they need to know mm-hmm. if you can beat that, you can get past that, yeah. and that's crazy because. I think I would have rang that bell too. Like, easy. Yeah. I would have been like, okay, you literally told me I can't do this. You're the <laughs> damn instructor of this thing. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's wild, man. That's wild. But that, that's the thing. Like, people really want to be that bad, that mm. bad, you know, and they, they gotta, they gotta beat you. They gotta beat you so they know you're, you're not lying. Yeah. And that's wild, too, that all the guys in the comment section were like, you never ring the bell. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just a huge badge of honor yeah. once you get that thing. Cause you, but that's not even it, because then there's the real training begins. Mm-hmm. And that, according to Jocko, can sometimes be harder than the just to get into the training. Yeah. But, you know, I'll stick to the... I'll stick to hiking the the 12k or whatever it's called. I'll stick to skiing Alpine Valley. Alpine Valley, the little baby, the baby mountain in Wisconsin that everyone goes to in in Chicago. Uh, Yeah, man, it it is it is wild. Uh, what? Any updates from the Cowboys and free agency? No, they did everything that they were gonna do. Okay. So no more signings. I doubt anything comes. But Zeke sign anywhere? No. Where do you think he's gonna go? Uh, dude, I really just, I think he goes to a contender. Yeah. Like someone like the Chiefs could easily sign him. That'd be bad. Put him like in a second. It'd be so guy. bad. They don't. They don't need anybody. No. But like that's, I think that's the only place he like realistically has an option of. Signing. Listen, we'll pay you. We'll pay you five million a year, 
Saquon Barkley needs a backup, okay? <laughs> five million, five million a year. Listen, take it or leave it. Consider it a favor after everything that's happened to you over the past six months. Take it or leave it. Five million dollars. I'm making this offer on behalf of the New York Giants <laughs> to close out this podcast. Zeke, you let me know, buddy. All right, give me a call. Yeah, give me a call. Give us a shout on on the Instagram on the Instagram too. Five mil, five mil a year. He'll send you some crop tops to wear and he'll get you guys all in uh all in the right gear in in new york dude i'm happy i'm happy that they come no in. yeah you you were saying that for a while just dead money <laughs> yeah and he was a great player he I, I think he should get his number retired by the cowboys i think he was that impactful he had over ten thousand yards rushing third leading rusher of all time in a cowboys uniform who was second uh tony dorsett Who's a Hall of Famer, and then uh, obviously Emmett. Emmett Smith. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean it was time. It and, was. Um, but the Cowboys do. They did a great job in free agency. They basically addressed almost all the holes that they needed to address. They needed a number two wide receiver. They picked him up. They needed another corner. They picked up Stephon Gilmore. They needed to re-sign. Donovan Wilson and Leighton Vanderesh on good cheap deals. They both did both of those. So now they're in a position where all they have to do in the draft is draft the best available. And I think their team's a lot better than they were last year. As long as obviously all the draft picks pan out and that's a big if, but you're in a position, you put yourself in the best position to win when you address the needs in free agency and then you can draft whoever the hell is the best player there. Because I think what's happened in the past with the Cowboys is when they've draft the need when they've draft for need over best player available it's never ever ever one time worked out not once yeah and i could go through the past 12 years i'm not going to do it because i'll get too deep in the woods but they've done it three different occasions all three of those players are no longer in the nfl all three of them had very short careers and they just didn't have a good a good career at all and with the right with the cowboy uniform but i'm happy man they did a good job yeah, that, that that's fair. And I think the competition is still extremely high in the division. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it'll be an anomaly that, you know, three teams did very successful last year. I think that'll happen again. And, and it may, you know, I'm not even saying it will be the Giants. I have no idea. Um, but I realistically think, you know, the that as long as, as lo who, who's the uh, football team's uh, coach? Ron. I honestly think as long as he's there, they'll have like somewhat of a fighting chance to go yeah. not to win nine games. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's so, how he is as a coach. That's a good way of describing him. You know, and, nine wins. And then I'm assuming the Eagles will be just not just as good, but pretty good. Cowboys will be pretty good, and hopefully, hopefully Daniel Jones doesn't like. You got be a lot terrible. Of, now. You got a lot of people hating on you about that contract. Oh, I know, I, I know. I, I, I don't think I've actually talked to one person. That says it was that good. That said it was good. Besides me. Besides you, fair. But what I will say is if I were you, I'd be taking note of everyone who said it wasn't good. And by the way, I'm in that camp too. I also think it was just I, I, no, I just, fair. I think he was overpaid. Your points make sense. They do. Mm hmm But I just still think that's not where his value is. Whatever. Not a big deal. That's my opinion. Whatever. But um yeah, you should take note, because I'd be taking note if I was in your shoes. Daniel Jones, hey, I, be I believe in you, all right? Listen, believe in the kid. Yeah. Good things will happen. There you go. Trust the process. <laughs> Trust the process. I'm, I'm not necessarily looking your direction. You got, a, you got a decent quarterback that you feel is overpaid as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not, you have a, a basis for argument. I want the Bears fans <laughs> to take a step back until your quarterback gets a playoff win. And then we can talk about things like that. Because listen, when, God forbid, God forbid, Justin Fields wins one playoff game. That man is going to get paid. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to get paid. Mm -hmm. I think Justin Fields is a great person. He deserves to get paid anywhere. But... The Chicago Bears are gonna pay that man, and it'll be it'll be a worse contract than Daniel Jones's would be. Yeah, 
Okay. <laughs> I just love that the Bears have zero excuses this year. Like They made it, some good moves. They made some good moves. It's been a long time since they've had zero excuses. There's always, oh, the offensive line isn't good. Oh, the defense isn't great this year. The oh, field have, isn't that great. Yeah, we have no quarterback, right? Like, oh, There's been excuses after excuses after excuses for the past, whatever, 15 years since they won the Super Bowl or went to they the Super Claypool. Bowl. They got Claypool. They got Claypool. They got DJ Moore. They got uh, Darnell Mooney. They have their trio. They have... Um, Khalil Herbert still in the backfield. Justin Fields is running the ball. Is Montgomery not there anymore? They, uh, oh, no. that, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Him. And he went to the... Did he go to the Lions? I think so. Nah, yeah, 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 he did. Hey, first of all, Detroit, <laughs> I think I think it's coming around. They might win the North. I think they will. Actually. I think it's coming around. I don't know. That's a tough task because... It's not like the Vikings are that bad. No. It's just they're so they're so mid when it comes to the They are so team. mid. That's exactly right. They're just mid. Yeah. Across the board, <laughs> they're mid. It's just that's the best way to describe them. But mid is sometimes good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't write them off. No. I, I agree. The North is so weak too. Very might be the weakest division in football. And AFC East is hot, too. Mm-hmm. I think New England can bounce back. Mac Jones is a guy I believe in that nobody believes in. I like him, too. You know, you got to trust the process. These things, I think... Jets, Bills. Yeah. Jets got good pieces. The Bills is I, the Bills are... Tanks is their AFC championship caliber. They'll do the same thing again. Yeah. I think, how about them Carolina Panthers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Carolina, Carolina. What can I say about Down them? there, North Carolina, you know, I I don't I don't know. what I, That's going to be a big tank project. Dude, Carolina sports in general is just. Jacksonville? Terrible. Jacksonville can make a push? Good push? Yeah, they're going to be good. There's a lot of good teams that aren't, that weren't, you yeah. know, historically good. I think. I think next year the NFL is going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to win again. No. Talking early takes here, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to win again. I think the Texans are going to surprise a lot of people if they get the right guy in. I think so, too. Dude, they, most of their games last year were lost by like a touchdown or less. Yes, and from someone who's, who bet the Texans plus 9, plus 10, plus 11 a lot of times, they kept it close mm-hmm. like man they got unlucky a lot of times yep. they also had like a third stringer in yeah there. davis mills was their starting quarterback like, come on bro they're gonna get stroud or bryce young whoever one falls to them yeah man and they're gonna have a tool there they'll basically be able to build around him now and they already have the team though this is the thing they have a really solid defense what do you think about uh Bijan robinson <laughs> i've heard a lot about this guy since the beginning of last year due to the, our good buddy Spencer Kern. Um, I think he's a tank. I think he's a workhorse. I think he's going to be a Saquon Zeke type player out of college. Yeah. Problem is, like, I, I don't know why teams... <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're a team who has a first-round draft pick... Sure. If you're gonna use it on Bijan Robinson, you better be contending for a Super Bowl that year. Like you I, don't. So okay. I, so you're saying you don't understand why teams draft in the first round running backs if they don't have a good team already. No. No. Okay. It, what, just, it just doesn't. To me, it just makes no sense. Like you have to have the pieces there to make a put. Like you can't build around a running back. I just think that. Okay. Right. But I, I somewhat agree too. The thing is, the Giants did that. They did, but like, to be fair, has it worked out? Uh, well, yeah, no, it hasn't because the guys the, hurt. Yeah, right, right. It hasn't worked out, and I get your point. I get your point. And the same thing with Zeke too. It's like, could you? Did is is that the way Zeke was first, or was was the same were, time, same year, yeah. same year? And I mean, to be fair, Zeke originally the plan was to have Tony, um, and they were coming off the year that they lost to the Packers in the playoffs. They went thirteen right. and three. Or sorry, 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 sorry. Lie, Wait. lie, 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 lie. They were coming off a year where Tony was hurt. 
eight and, and eight. then yeah, and then right. they went thirteen and three with Zeke and, and Dak. Dak first year. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I just don't like you can't like I guess the Titans are another one. They drafted Derrick Henry early. Like they weren't they weren't ready to compete when he was drafted. Two years into his career, they became back to back NFC or AFC champions. But but don't you think? At the end of the day, though, the running back is still one of the most important positions there. For sure, but just the lifespan is so short. Right. Like, gone are the days of... The the Emmett Smiths, the Walter, Walter Paytons, Paytons, the Barry Sanders, man. Like, the guys who... Barry Sanders only made it 10. Fair. And look, right? Like, right. And that was a... That's still today considered a long career. I can't believe he walked. Yeah, he still had a lot in the tank. He just walked. Yeah. Good for him. Like, even wide receiver-wise, dude, Randy Moss, Randy Moss had, like, a 20-year career. Mm -hmm. Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice had, like, a 20-year career. Mm -hmm. T.O. had a long career. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't don't know if I'll see that. Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah. Apologies for even almost forgetting that one. Like, those just tanks, man. And it's not like they didn't get hit. Mm. They got hit. Yeah, they took punishment, man. But th- I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I see that. Who's like even Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones was the man for a good seven, yeah, eight years. But Julio Jones, as of late, has, is not a top receiver on the Bucks, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you know Jerry Rice was still the leading receiver in the league and that's why he's the greatest receiver of all time yeah. but um it, it I, there's definitely a correlation with health for a lot of those guys cuz even Julio later in his career started getting injured a lot like and that mm-hmm. happened that happened to Des Bryant too Des had a insane like 6 year run yeah and then he hit a wall the second he tore his uh MCL right like, and he came back the next year and he was practically a shell of himself and got cut that season like, he went from all pro caliber player to, to cut. cut in a two-year span. It's crazy how ruthless the game is. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. That's just... But that's this probably... What was Zeke two years ago? Still solid. I think the problem with Zeke, though... Still five a carry. Yeah. Ze- my biggest gripe with Zeke was he cried for the money for two basically whole seasons, and deservedly so. He was the best running back in the NFL for four years in a row. But the second he got paid... It's like it fell off, disappeared completely. Like he got his bag and dipped, dude. Seriously, Kenny Galladay. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Kenny though, man. Kenny, NIU guy, probably wasn't expected to make the NFL in the first place. Shout out to Kenny, man. You know he had a run. Not many NIU guys are in the league. No. (laughs) He got the bag from (laughs) y'all and dipped, dog. Yeah, I'm not. uh... (laughs) Shout out, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, I think that sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 70 of the Shetty show, the Shivanetti show. Follow us on TikTok, IG at S H T. Oh my God. I messed it up. T H E S H E D D Y S H O W. Interact with the pages. Let us know how you feel. Shiv, any final thoughts? No, stay, uh, stay at peace people. Have a good one.